Friday, and thanks for listening to the Agent Survival Guide podcast. We are back in your feed with a look at what's been happening in the headlines this week. I'm your host, Sarah Rupel, and it is Friday, June 2nd. Summer is on its way, and we've been doing a lot of those end-of-the-school-year activities in my neck of the woods. Gearing up for summer, planning all of the activities and vacations, and of course, that also means planning for AEP. Few more details on that a little bit later on in the episode. For now, we'll start off with talking about the debt ceiling and Medicaid at number one. Just for quick background, the debt ceiling is a limit on how much the federal government can spend. It was put in place back in 1917, and it has been increased 78 times since then. The last increase took place in 2021. An increase in the debt ceiling isn't the only way Congress can act, though. They can also suspend the debt ceiling, which historically— They've done three times, and it looks to be the most likely path forward as of right now. Debt ceiling legislation, whether it contains an increase in funding or suspension of the limit, typically comes paired with legislation that outlines how money will be allocated. Early on in negotiations, Republicans suggested states place work requirements on Medicaid beneficiaries a policy they've frequently advocated for, which most Democrats oppose. President Biden and House Speaker McCarthy announced they had come to what's known as an agreement in principle on the debt ceiling midweek. With that agreement also came news that Medicaid work requirements were no longer included in the tentative legislation. Now, as per usual, The Kaiser Family Foundation completed an analysis on Republican Proposal H.R. 2811, the Limit, Save, Grow Act of 2023. This is something that KFF does frequently. Think of it as a check on official Congressional Budget Office numbers and projections. In their analysis, they found that 1.7 million beneficiaries would potentially lose coverage as a result of the legislation as written, and just over $10 billion in spending would go from being a federal government responsibility to the responsibility of individual states. Work requirements in the bill specified that adult enrollees ages 19 to 55 would be required to complete 80 hours of work, community service, or job training per month in order to remain eligible for benefits. The Kaiser Family Foundation also looked at the data on Medicaid adults and work status in 2021, finding that most beneficiaries were either working or faced hardship in finding work. 61% were working, while 30% were not working because of attending school, illness, disability, or caregiving. Only 9% of Medicaid adults fell into the category of not working due to retirement, inability to find work, or other reason. But regardless of how the funding could have been changed, who would have been affected, and how many people are actually fulfilling those work requirements on Medicaid, the good news is that the stipulation will not be included in the debt ceiling bill. 
What it will do is claw back $30 billion in unspent funding allocated during the COVID-19 pandemic. Two areas related to healthcare that will keep their funding, veterans' healthcare programs and continuing development of COVID-19 treatments. So good news for Medicaid beneficiaries. And that is certainly something they can use at this point. Bringing us to number two on our list. Medicaid unwinding started a large wave of redeterminations, and unfortunately, many beneficiaries don't know that's a thing, and many of them have never gone through the process before. From the Kaiser Family Foundation, in official numbers, 65% of Medicaid enrollees responded that they were, quote, not sure if states are now allowed to remove people from Medicaid if they no longer meet the eligibility requirements or don't complete the renewal process, end quote. And then 7% of enrollees responded that states were not allowed to do so. Just 28% of enrollees correctly responded, saying that states were allowed to remove people from the Medicaid rolls. And then moving on to participation in the renewal process. 47% of Medicaid enrollees have never been through the renewal process before. When you break down the demographics of enrollees who have not participated in Medicaid renewal, 53% fell in the 18 to 29 age group. 40% were from the 30 to 49 set. 46% were age 50 through 64. And then a staggering 68% were age 65 and older. There is a real opportunity there to provide both education and assistance on the Medicaid renewal process. Definitely want to make sure if you've got Medicaid enrollees in your books that you are the one helping them through that renewal process to either keep them covered or find suitable replacement coverage. Number three, short mention here, but also Medicaid-related. We are on a roll. <laughs> Last week, the Biden-Harris administration announced their plans to bring prescription drug pricing transparency to Medicaid. We've seen a lot of changes introduced into Medicare Part D that will allow for greater transparency in drug pricing for beneficiaries as well as means to regulate costs from increasing above the rate of inflation. Now it's time for that transparency to come to the Medicaid program. The administration announced plans for increased transparency in prescription drug costs through the help of a drug price verification survey. Manufacturers of high-cost drugs would be required to submit detailed info on pricing and other data to CMS. They also proposed increased transparency of managed care plans to cut down on spread pricing. That's when a pharmacy benefit manager charges the plan more than what the pharmacy charges the PBM. And then last in their press release, increased transparency in drug classifications. Basically, making sure drugs are properly classified as generics or brand name so the appropriate rebate is applied. Again, this is just proposed legislation as of right now, 
CMS is inviting comments on the proposal through July 25th. Number four, I mentioned in the open that I was getting ready for all kinds of summer activities. While a lot of those activities are personal, there is one that is work-related, and it's one that you are invited to attend, the Ritter Summits. These conferences are the place to get all the info you need about the upcoming 2024 AEP season. Carrier reps will be in attendance, so you'll be able to hear about Medicare Advantage and Medicare Part D plan details and features straight from them. It is also an opportunity to meet some of those reps in person, maybe for the first time. We will have free continuing education credit opportunities, plenty of training opportunities, marketing tips and strategies for the AEP season so you can stay compliant as you promote your business, and so much more. Our CEO, Craig Ritter, is the keynote speaker, and if you like what you heard him speak about in the AI video we linked to last week, you are going to love his presentation at the summits. This year, we have seven different summits for agents to attend. We recommend picking the one that is closest to you geographically, as that will have the most relevant information for you. We kick off our summits in Maryland on August 22nd. Then we move to Philly on August 23rd. On August 24th, we are in Harrisburg, PA, as well as upstate New York, obviously, the features of modern technology. September 13th is the summit for New Jersey, and then on September 14th, we are in Florida and New York. The links to our summit site will be in the episode notes, and you can read all about who typically attends these conferences and get a little more information about details specific to each one. And of course, if you have any questions, you can reach out to us here at the podcast at asgpodcast.com at ridderim.com. And if you're curious which summits I will be attending, well, feel free to email us a question at asgpodcast at ridderim.com, and I will answer that question and let you know which summit I will be attending. Moving on to number five on our list. RIMGO is back. We kicked off our version of Bingo yesterday, and there are some pretty cool prizes up for grabs this year. RIMGO is designed to be a fun game agents can play while getting ready for AEP 2024. So you'll see tasks on there that you would complete anyway, like completing contracts, attending a summit, adding clients to the platform CRM. The contest is open to level four direct to Ritter agents. So if that applies to you already, you should have gotten an email with all the information and a link to download your RIMGO card. If you're not yet partnered with Ritter, well, there's still time to register with us, get contracted, and qualify to participate in the contest. If that applies to you, All you have to do is reach out to our sales specialists. They can get you squared away, and we will have the link to do that in the notes. Now on to the prizes. The first 15 Ritter agents to submit at least one valid RIMGO will get a prize of their choice from Snappy. 
The first three agents will get a prize with a $250 value. The fourth, fifth, and sixth agents to submit will receive a prize selection with a $100 value. And then agents 7 through 15 will win a prize selection with a $50 value. We will have a link to our blog post with more information in the notes, as well as the link to reach out to our sales specialists. And that is all we have for you this week. Don't forget to visit the episode notes for all the links we mentioned. Email addresses, resources, everything you need to know, we link it there just for you. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. I hope you have a great weekend. Stay healthy and stay safe out there. And we will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing, an integrity company. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rupel. Script editing and fact check by Tina Lamaru. Podcast design by Urban Rivera. Artwork by Vivian Zhao. Follow along with us wherever you like to listen. 